What's up, all you motorcycle enthusiasts? Welcome back to another episode of the V-Twin Life, where we talk motorcycles powered by those V-Twins, what feels our passion about, and why we enjoy it so much. Also, this episode of the V-Twin Life is brought to you by that Northwest brand, Crash Inc. Clothing. You can find them on the World Wide Web at CrashInClothing.com and on Instagram at Crash underscore Inc. And if you guys are in that Northwest corner of Oregon, don't forget you can head on into Paradise Harley-Davidson where they got Crash on the shelf. And for those guys ordering online, Crash One is a great promo code. Save yourself some money and get yourself some gear. And if you're in the market for a new windshield for your Honda, your Harley, your BMW, or whatever you ride, you can check out Long Ride Windshields. You can enter the V-Twin Life 15 and save yourself 15% site-wide on anything they happen to sell. Big shout-out to Long Ride Shields. Now, let's get into this episode with the Gorilla Gang Media. Guy's got a great clothing line going on. He just now recently started a new adventure with Sounds Beggar Audio. Guy rides a one-bitchin'-ass road glide. So let's dive onto this with the Gorilla Gang Media. What's going on, buddy? What's up, brother? How are you? Oh, man, doing pretty good. If it wasn't raining, I could maybe go for a ride, but yeah, it is what it is. I hear you. East Coast, West Coast weather is pretty much the same this week. All rain. Yeah, I think we're both, you know, sitting on one of the oceans and you get all those fronts blow in and they're just not nice. Not at all. Not at all. So, hey, congrats on your new uh, new adventures in life you got going on. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. I'm really excited. So today is actually my... Uh, it's officially my first day as vice president of sounds and uh, I've been grinding no holiday rest today. We've uh, been working to set up some new dealer accounts and reaching out talking to clients all day. It's uh, it's been an exciting new venture. Uh, I signed on with them a little over a year ago and I was running all their marketing promotions, all their social media and uh, helping organize some of the, the tours this year. Obviously we were dealing with a lot of event cancellations, all the big rallies, and the problem with a lot of those is, you know, a lot of the municipalities were waiting until the last second. So you've got folks with hotel rooms and reservations and everything and all this travel booked. And then the city, you know, decides a week before ah, we're going to pull the plug on the event. So those guys really rallied up and said, hey, we're going to do this speakeasy tour this year and make sure that we service all those clients that we promised we would be present for. Events get canceled. Guys still want their bikes worked on. There's no question. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, unfortunately, the you know, unfortunate situation, but then some people, you know, like I said, they still got time. They still want to ride, and hey, if you can get out and ride and enjoy the weather and be able to have that time, then hey, amen, get out and do it. Exactly. I mean, I think we saw that this year. Probably, you know, the motorcycle industry saw the biggest increase this year that it's seen in probably 20 years. You know, the whole industry was up almost 500%. Hey, that's awesome for business. That's for sure. Especially when, you know, I, I guess some of the, the big companies can still doing it, but in the hindsight, you know, some of the them small businesses are really hurting too, which is a sad thing to see, but uh, hopefully, you know, we're in 2021 and hopefully things are going to be a whole lot better for a lot of people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it, the only good thing really that came out of that this year, I think is a lot of the people that decided to ride, there was a lot of people that had been on the fence about it for a long time. And, you know, they call it social distancing. We call it what we've been doing for the last 20 years. You know, everybody just loves to get on their bike and just go. So it opened up a lot of doors for a lot of people who had been thinking about it. And I think that was one 
positive note that I saw is it gave a lot of people the, the, I don't know, the, the guts to take on that new adventure. So we definitely saw a lot of new riders hit the road this year. Right. And so speaking on that, man, where, how did you fall into line with, with motorcycles and becoming a, a real passion for you? Just something I really enjoyed doing as a kid. You know, I, I, I grew up in a family where there were definitely a lot of bikes around and I was that, that kid that just always had that passion for it. And then uh, I was looking for a way to pay my bills in college and got into selling bikes and I never expected it to, to take over the way it did. But I would say within the first two or three months, I really knew I was already riding at that point. It's just as I got in that community and started, you know, selling and, and watching those doors open for people and everybody get excited about that passion that I already had, it really lit that fire. And here we are 15 years later and it's not burned out a bit. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's kind of like me, you know, it started for me, you know, motorcycles is a passion. I, you know, my stepdad rode and my dad rode motorcycles and I got introduced to it when I was young and it just became a part of my soul. And man, it's, the rest is history. And now it's just becomes a part of you. And it's, it's awesome. It's a great way to enjoy life and a, a great way. I think it's an awesome way to travel. I think it, it makes traveling a little bit more personal. And it's oh, just, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, break the cage. That's what I always say. You know, that's, uh, people don't realize, you know, they ride around in their, in their little box and they're just so cut off from everything. And that's probably, as you know, one of the biggest problems I think we run into now as, as riders is nobody rides around with the windows down anymore. Nobody rides around taking in the, the sights and sounds. It's like all these new cars sound deadening, you know, this and, and sound deadening glass. And, and they're just trying to lock people in that bubble. And for us, we're trying to open it up as much as possible. We want to take everything in the sights, the sounds, you know, the, the smells. Exactly. You took it out of my mouth. That's what I was going to get in. Yeah. The, the smells too of, the little things you notice and you know it's like we're talking weather wise i mean you ride long enough you know it's like people say man you can smell the rain coming oh yeah yeah no questions no i think it's one of those things you're riding some of the some of these rural parts of the countries and you're on some of the you know farms whatnot whether agriculture animals plants whatnot and just the smell of the scenery is is something on its own too it's it's awesome Absolutely. And, and I've ridden through a lot of different regions and you're right. Every region has its own smell kind of, you know, that j- just makes it feel more complete as you travel through. Yeah, very true. Now, see, you're riding, you got a, you're a shark guy too. Mm-hmm. So how long have you had, had your new, your road glide? Uh, so I bought that road glide brand new in uh, 2017. So I guess she just had her three to, uh, third birthday this past July. Um, and I went through the rebuild in June. That was my birthday gift to myself. So we went more with the, uh, more with the performance bagger style, which kind of suited my riding style a little bit better. I think I jumped on the bagger craze uh, right out of the gate. You know, I wanted to do apes. I'd, I'd had another bike. I had a, uh, a victory at the one at the time when I bought it that already had 14 inch apes on it. So I went with what I knew, what was logical, and uh, did the stretch bags and all that jazz. And then I spent the next three years basically dragging and destroying every single component that I paid to put on that thing. You know, I did the the two and the two touring pipes and, and ruined those. I think literally the third day I had it, that I had already almost ripped the right side exhaust off. 
So I just kind of kept pushing everything back together and patching it up for a couple of years. And then I said, no, I'm going to, I'm going to go short pipe, but I'm going to put the T-bars on and I'm just going to make the bike more in line with what I want to do. Now, are you still, besides me going the, the performance bagger side or, you know, are you still a guy that enjoys, you know, pack it up and take off for day two, three when you can, or is oh, touring? Absolutely. No, no, absolutely. Touring is not out for me. Um, I like solo rides. You know, I do a little bit of group riding, but it gets harder as we all get older and everybody's got kids and jobs and responsibilities. And, you know, it's hard to just pick up and disappear. So I do more day riding, I guess, would be my touring rides. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've done a couple day trips uh, almost out from where I'm at in Maryland, almost down to Tennessee and back, you know, 850, 900 in a day. Um, that's about my wall. It's probably 900, 950. I think anything more than that, I'm going to be limping for a week. <laughs> yeah, some of those long rides can uh, take a toll or it takes, you know, a, a little bit of getting used to. Yeah. I, the way I've got the bike set up now, I mean, I think uh, – I think it's, it's really good. I mean, I got, you know, the T-bars from West coast are, are really comfortable. Um, I've got a lucky Dave's seat on there and, uh, I love it. You know, a lot of guys think that the the performance style seats are really only, you know, if you want to go out and ride wheelies and they are good for that, they definitely do a great job for that. But, um, you don't need a road sofa seat to, to be comfortable. I think if you get the right geometry, you know, you get the right rider triangle and everything and something that you build for your needs you can be really comfortable in that thing all day. And I've had that, that lucky Dave seat's got probably 35,000 miles on it. And uh, it's still, it just gets more comfortable every time I ride it. I think you, you kind of hit it there. I mean, getting a seat that fits you, not just a seat that say fits the style, you know, I'm going to go mm-hmm. touring. So I want that Mustang seat or I want to get the Harley Davidson touring seat, getting a, you know, a seat that actually fits, you know, your geometry, your body, whatnot is going to make a difference. That's for sure. 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 And I, you know, I see that a lot in the, in all the years that I've sold bikes, guys will build solely on aesthetic or solely on a category, you know, and they think, okay, well, it's this type of bike. It's got to have this type of add on. And that doesn't it really doesn't equate, you know, it's just, it's got to fit you. It's got to fit the kind of riding you want to do, um, you know, and, and beyond that, it's just, is it in your budget, I guess. Yeah, very true. I know for me, my next thing are handlebars. They're going to be coming hopefully in springtime. See, it's hard to do that one size fits all stock handlebar. They don't last very long. Most guys. Oh, dude, they they suck. And I think, I mean, for my style, I like the T bars, but I actually I found a set of, you know, some twelve inch apes, but they go up twelve and they pull back six. Which for me, I have the backrest on my in the seat, so I think that that little bit of pullback is going to be perfect for really leaning into and enjoying that backrest more for the comfort. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a lot of ape options now that are out there that are designed a little bit more with comfort in mind. Um, You know, if you look hard enough and there's a lot of guys now doing split T bars and stuff like that. So it really just depends again on the rider, you know, the arm and shoulder span. I mean, I ran factory 47s on mine for three years Uh, and they're probably some of the widest out there. And a lot of guys would get on it and go, man, I can't, I don't even know how you reach out like this. Well, they don't call me gorilla for nothing. I mean, you know, I got, (laughs) I got the shoulders for it. So it never really felt out of place to me. Uh, and when I first went to these T-bars at first, I don't know, 40 or 50 miles, I thought, man, maybe I messed up. 
you know, I, I they're, they're a lot narrower. I mean, I think I went from 37 inch tip to tip to my current bars are 28 inch outside to outside. So, you know, I dropped almost a foot off the, the wingspan, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, the airflow is better, the control, everything's centralized now. Um, it just, that bike just flicks, you know, and I've, I've got Legends uh, suspension, which Legends has been great to deal with. They've always been really good to me. Um, you know, I've had that on there now going on two years, probably got close to 20,000 miles on that setup. And I can't say enough for them and, you know, the quality of the product that they build. And then the biggest thing really for me this year, and it's ironic that the last thing I decided to do was brakes. Uh, and I didn't do brakes until I literally had just killed the stock rotors. And they were so warped that every time I hit them, you know, they would just, they would just start knocking basically. Um, but I did Galfers front and rear and holy hell, what a difference. Yeah. I'm going to change the front rotors when I, when I do my front tire here in a few months, because for me, with the 04, you can't pull the calipers off without pulling the tire. So right. for me, it's always been, you know, even more than my dad had it. If you're putting a new tire on, throw the brake pads off because you're right there, you know, replace them. But it's time for new rotors. So I'm going to I'm gonna upgrade the rotors, of course, new pads and, and the new tire. And then and then the handlebars will, are going to be this spring. I would love to this winter change out suspension. Legends is awesome. I just know, don't know if that would quite fit my budget. But, you know, I got plenty of time to think about it and figure out what I want to go that route. But, yeah, the front tires got to – it's time and, and the handlebars because, you know, I mean, there are so many companies now. I mean, there are so many options. And T-bars I do like. I just – I would like to find a bike that has a set, you know, find somebody that I know where I could sit on it and just kind of see how I feel with them because – you know, I'd hate to spend the money on it and then get them off. It's like, shit, I don't like this. And that would really suck. Yeah, no question. I mean, that was actually, that was one of the biggest jokes. When I first built my bike back in 17, I was working for the local Harley dealer. Uh, and every day the parts guys, hey, man, you know, Gorilla, can we, uh, you mind if we let this guy sit on, sit on your bike real quick? Like he wants to size up these bars. And I was like, man, I'm going to have to put a little coin slot next to it. And I'm going to charge y'all every time you <laughs> sit somebody on there because my alarm would go off. I'd get these, these text notifications, I, you know, I'd be in the office and I'm like, what's happening? You know, what's going on now? And I look out and there's a guy sitting and then I go outside and then there's a parts guy standing right there with him. Um, but it was beneficial, you know, and I don't think enough, I don't think enough dealerships do that. Um, you know, they, they want to push the, the Harley bars, the chiseled bars, those, that type of stuff. That's not really, that's not what most of the guys are looking for. So I think it would be great if more dealers started, you know, accessorizing a little bit and you could go in there and say, Hey, you know, let me sit on one with 12s. Let me sit on one with 14s. And, uh, that's the biggest challenge, right? Cause if not, you got to try to hook up with one of these guys that we network with from Instagram or something like that. And, you know, catch up with somebody and throw your leg over. Cause you just don't know till you sit on it. Right. And, you know, I mean, I and it's not like I'm, I'm not doing it for looks. I'm, I'm doing it for comfort. Cause I want that, that comfortability for those long rides. And, you know, I want to make sure I'm going the right route with what's going to fit what I got going on. Sure. I think that's why we see so many guys on the, on the Harley parts trader, right. With so many parts for sale, because yeah. obviously the way that, you know, everybody photographs and posts and all that stuff is great. Uh, and it's, there's so much of it out there. It's very easy to build a bike that looks cool. You know, just from what you see, I mean, there, like you said, there's so many different vendors and manufacturers. 
you anybody can build a bike that looks cool but then the question is when you get done with it is it the right bike for you or are you going to turn around in two weeks and you'll be on harley bagger parts trader with half the parts you just bought back up for sale lightly used yeah yeah it's all about that functionality how is it yep. going to function for you and you know we all got our different needs nobody's built the same and you know just because it works for you it might not work for me and you know like you said i think you know, some of these dealerships, if they did, you know, have some more bikes that they did somewhat accessorize. And I'm not saying that, you know, a, a shop needs to go in there and, you know, dump the coin on just name brand. I mean, not to put down, say, Factory 47s. They make a great handlebar. They're not very cheap, but there's so many options that, you know, spend a few dollars, you know, get a bike and a, you know, good mild look, a good function and being able for somebody to have have something to look at or get their hands on to see, Hey, is this kind of what I want? I think would be huge. For sure. Yeah, you're right. Because like I said, the only options they really do normally are going to be, you know, your OEM and they're pretty limited. You know, they might make something and call it an eight, but it's still a pretty conservative bar. Yeah. And I mean, God, you got, you know, so many different sizes. I mean, I'm not trying to go huge. I just, you know, for me, I'm, I'm going to look at function functionality for, for what I need. And, you know, my size of person. Yeah, I think I think most of the guys I know, myself included, you know, 12 to 14 is the rise most guys are looking for. You know, if something – you got apes, you know, you do 14, and it's 12 by the time it's over. Uh, I think I'm running 13-inch now, uh, which is 12-inch bars – or 12-inch riser plus a 1-inch bar. So I'm running 13. So I stepped down just a hair going to the T-bar. But what it did for control was well worth it. Yeah, I think a huge point a lot of guys I've read is, you know, like with mine, I know I can go 12s and I don't have to change my cables, which is a is a nice point also. Yep. Yeah, on the newer ones, you're right, 12, 12, uh, all the way up to 13 uh, model year. And then, you know, the guys like me with the Rushmore bikes, we can go 14 on stock cables and, and you won't have any problems. Oh, nice. I see. I didn't know that. I didn't know the new ones could go 14. That's a, That's not a bad thing either. That's nice, really. Yeah, there's longer cables. Something about how they're routed under the tank is different on the newer bike. So you can just clip a couple zip ties and kind of move things around. I think mine actually did new cables, uh, but it's because I did uh, I did braided, you know, uh, stainless steel braided lines and everything. So mm-hmm. I changed everything out the first time we did the bars just because I wanted to upgrade it all while it was apart. Now, hopefully I'll be getting some more longer trips in this year. That's what I'm really hoping uh, as we do the event travel for sounds. Uh, my goal is to not have to fly all over the country this year. I'd like to ride to a lot of these events, especially anything that's East Coast based. So, you know, Daytona, Myrtle, Laconia, I'm I'm looking forward to taking my bike to all those events this year. Oh, that'd be awesome. And plus, you know, it's, hey, part of your job, part of the business, you know, hey, check out what we do and just a bonus selling point. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that's, that's the freedom for me with this now is it gets me back kind of with everyone. You know, for the last 15 years selling motorcycles, I've, I've opened that door and shared that passion with so many people. And I'm, I'm grateful to have made a living and, and be able to provide, you know, that way. Um, but I just never got to go out and participate in anything. I was always tied back to the dealership. Yeah, now you kind of get the best of both worlds. You get to work with something that you thoroughly enjoy and get to spend more time on the bike and doing it. That'd be awesome. Absolutely. It's an absolute blessing. I mean, this is a a huge opportunity for me. 
Uh, and I think it's, you know, I'm going to be good for them and they're going to be good for me. So it's 2021 is shaping up to be really amazing uh, right from the start. So I'm, I'm very grateful. Now with sounds, are they just mainly located in one area or do they got multiple, you know, places around, around the country or how is that set up? So, yeah, so basically, so the company is Daytona based. Um, obviously our main home office uh, is, is in Daytona. But we have a dealer network uh, all throughout the United States. We have a couple of dealers abroad. Um, we have a dealer in Malaysia. We have a couple of dealers in Australia. Um, we have some dealers in the Netherlands. So, you know, we definitely have a pretty big distribution network that one of my biggest priorities is, you know, vice president now is to continue to grow that network and, and nurture those dealer relationships. You know, um, it, it's funny because you have, the company that's that big, you know, and, and you still have spots that are open. You know, we still have a lot of work to do on the West coast. I'd like to get a dealer out your way, you know, get some guys on that side. Um, sounds is a very big name, uh, on the internet. A lot of guys know us, a lot of guys know us from the, the event scene, you know, being at all the big rallies, but obviously there's always room for growth. Man, that's a job I need to hook up with. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the owner, uh, Pete Jensen and I, we became friends a couple of years back. I was just kind of like a lot of these other guys that, you know, I, I had my bagger and I had all the, the performance work done and, uh, had the bike running and riding and everything the way, you know, where I was happy with it. And, you know, you spend, you know, 10, 12, 15 hours a day, some days on that thing. And the audio, just that, that fondness for that, that stock audio fades pretty quickly. Uh, and I made the mistake of going with the, the Harley boom audio, and I, and I joke with my buddies now that worked in the parts department at the dealership that I worked for. And I'm like, I can't believe you guys actually sold me that. And we were friends. They're like, well, you were the new guy when you bought it. So we weren't really, we weren't really friends yet. I'm like, okay, so you didn't feel bad taking my money for garbage. So nice of them. Yeah. We, we laugh about it now. It's, it's a kind of like a running joke. Um, but you know, it's, it's one of those things. I mean, to some guys, I think, you know, I've seen a lot of guys, especially on Instagram that are heavy in the performance scene. These guys just pull the whole radio out and, you know, they don't care for it. And obviously to each their own, you know, and then you got the guys that will ride with the, the Bluetooth headsets and stuff. That's not me. Um, moving from the, the role that I was in to the role that I'm in now, uh, nothing's changed and my phone is constantly ringing. I think I've been on the phone eight, 10 hours a day every day this week, you know, so people kind of know the only time you're not going to be able to reach me is when I'm riding and that's accepted and expected. I'll call you when I get done, but I'm not going to pull over to answer. Uh, so I don't want to run any kind of Bluetooth headset or anything like that, where anybody feels like they can just talk to me while I'm humming down the road. So for me, I just want my music on. I want it loud and clear. Uh, and I just kind of want to get lost in that adventure. See, that's how I am too. I mean, I, I love the music. I mean, I, I play the, you know, enjoying my music tunes, but I don't like the Bluetooth speakers in the helmet. I mean, I might turn the music up, but I still like to hear the surroundings. You know, if there's a car coming up or something, I don't, I don't ride. I don't feel comfortable with the speakers in my helmets because it, I think for me, it blocks out too much of the surrounding sounds of what's going on around me. And I'm just not comfortable with like that. And it just, it doesn't fit for me. I agree. I agree. And, I, you know, maybe I should be actually, I know I should be a full face guy, uh, especially the way that I ride, but I am a half helmet guy at least 90% of the year. You me know? Too. And I, and I like that. 
I like that auditory awareness, exactly what you're talking about. Um, you know, I rode in full faces for a lot of years. I have a very nice awry helmet that just collects dust on the shelf. Um, you know, I just, once I went to a half helmet and, and especially with the road glide, because the, the fairing does such a great job of blocking all that turbulence and stuff, I, I'm very comfortable in a half helmet behind it. And I ride with that and maybe a face mask down to, you know, 36, 37 degrees and I'm, I'm still functional, but I don't feel as closed in, uh, as I am in that full face. And I used to do that full face with the headphone kind of thing. And I just, I feel like you don't have a clue what's going on. Yeah. See, I, I want to get a full face mainly for when I'm riding with my wife and then I'm probably going to go with the Lexan comm unit so we can talk back and forth. Cause my wife, she wears a full face. She doesn't like the half helmet. She wants the whole thing because she's more comfortable like that and sure. i don't have you know what i think is great and for you know when we ride together i would like to pick up a full face soon that way with the comm unit it's a whole lot easier to communicate with her and i'm not trying to turn my head and scream so she can hear me or vice versa and i think for that part you know riding together that'll be a great a great deal for us you know i mean she she rides a fair amount of time with me she's not fond of you know super long rides like you know, five, 600, 700 mile days really aren't her thing, but we do enjoy trying to get out, do some day riding when the, when the weather's nice. Cause for her, it's gotta be warm or she don't want to go, but you know, that's, that's her thing. And Hey, that's totally fine. You know, we still enjoy it. And so that's, you know, a little added feature I want to get for when we ride together, but you know, when I'm going solo, I'm on the same way. I got the half helmet, you know, wearing a little face mask just help keep my beard down out of my face. And I just enjoy the road. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's probably the, that's probably the number one problem for guys like us is how do you keep the beard off the glasses? <laughs> exactly. And it could be six, seven hours before you put some oil in that beard. And I swear to God, it still smudges my glasses within five miles. Absolutely. I keep some hair ties handy for the really hardcore days because it's just, it's just easier just to ride around with it tied up than to have it. You know, you get to a part where you get that sun glare combined with that beard oil and you can't see anything. No, and I'm the same way. I got a few hair ties in a in a Ziploc bag in my tour pack just for those times if I don't want to wear the full fit, you know, my pullover. I got one of those salt armored American flag face masks that I wear a lot, but if I don't want to wear it, then I just, same thing, got to use a hair tie just to so I can see. Yep, first world beer problems. Yeah, <laughs> and I ain't tricking trimming it. Yeah, I hear you there. If I hadn't done it this year, with the masks, there was a couple of times where I swore I was just going to just, I was done with it. I was going to cut it down. And I'm like, nope, I've made it six months. I made it eight months, you know, 10 months. I'm just, I'm, we'll be out of this phase eventually. So I was like, there's no way I'm cutting it off. See, I, did, I made that mistake October, uh, 2019. I shaved it off and was clean shaven. And then I look at myself in the mirror and said, Jesus, that was stupid. And I haven't shaved since. Yeah. 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 I, I had a little barbershop incident about, three and a half years ago and uh there was just a miscommunication the guy turned me around and it was it, it was about nine inches shorter and i obviously wasn't very happy i was actually just about to start at the last harley dealer i worked for i'm like man i look like a little kid going to work now this is ridiculous you know and it, you, as you know it takes a good six eight months to fill back in so you go through you got to go through that awkward stage all over again it starts growing out crooked you got to trim it all the time I don't, I don't want to go down that road again. Or you, you get that middle stage where it's just, you can't do anything about it because it, it just has a mind of its own for a minute. Yeah. And I swear mine was, was brown when he cut it off and it was gray when it came back. 
I don't yeah. know what I don't know what changed, but it the the gray just came back with a vengeance. Yeah, I understand. Mine did too. I think the funny part when I did mine is it was I went up to my son's tennis match and I was walking up with my younger son and one of his buddies goes, Hey dude, there's your dad, is isn't it? And my even my own son, he hadn't seen me yet. And he turned around, he's like, dude, that's not my dad. My dad's got a beard. And I said something to him and he turned around to me, he goes, Don't even talk to me, Dad. <laughs> he turned the other way. I mean, I stood next to close friends that you know we've been friends with for well over a decade and i'm standing there and a buddy of mine his wife looked up at me and then she looked at him she's like who is that and he's like i have no idea and i started chuckling and you know I, then i said something and he looked at me he's like holy crap man because so many people you know they'd never see me without a beard even some of my own family members didn't even recognize me in the store i was i was in total cognito for a little while yeah, no, it's it would definitely be a change, and then and it, and it was for me. I mean, God, I can't even imagine shaving it all the way down. I don't. I haven't seen that part of my face in probably fifteen years. I don't even know if I'd like it anymore. Dude, my face was cold. Honestly, <laughs> I bet I have to imagine my face would be easily two different colors. So, because I I usually get that pretty gnarly riding tan everywhere where the beard isn't. So. Uh, and the helmet tan. God, I hate the helmet tan, but it's just... And the, sun, the, and the sunglasses? Yeah. <laughs> yep. The epic so, sunglass line. It's funny. I mean, when I, when I worked at the Harley dealer, you know, people would call in and, uh, you know, hey, I talked to a guy, but I don't remember the guy's name. Well, what do you got look like? Well, a bald guy with a beard. And then they look, well, there's five of us, five bald guys with beards. You know, then you got to <laughs> go like, is it more of a, a full lumberjack beard or we got one with a Fu Manchu? You know, it's just, it's so funny. It's, it's become so mainstream, at least, especially in the, in the, in the rider world. Um, but you know, it's, it's crazy because people are obviously way more accepting of it now than they used to be. Um, and then, like you said, you go and shave it off. People are like, man, what the hell happened to this guy? Cause it just becomes how people recognize us. I, I mean, I know it is all the time for me. Oh yeah, me too. I've, I mean, I had my beard for God, 10, 12 years probably. And, you know, then I got crazy one day and said, fuck, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> yeah, if it's not, if it doesn't happen by accident, it ain't happening. Yeah, that's the truth. Hell, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, even my company, you know, my clothing line, I mean, my, you know, my, my logo, it's just a big old bearded gorilla. It's just, it's got to stay. I got no choice. I know, I need to get on and get a couple of your shirts in the near future. Dropped some uh, some little release hints too today. Uh, that's what I was working on before we, we spoke. Uh, I got a couple new designs that'll be launching in the next two weeks or so. I'm just waiting to hear back on details from the printer. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's been a really cool year for that man. I mean, that was um, that was a just a kind of a crazy idea I had uh, about this time last year. You know, I had no background in clothing. Um, I had no background in clothing marketing. I had no background in design. Uh, I got real sick the end of last year, like at last week of December between Christmas and, and New Year's. Uh, and I had this really crazy fever for like three days. And somewhere in that feverish state that I was kind of laying around in, um, you know, I'd had Guerrilla Gang Media going for about two years, doing some promotion and obviously started as a YouTube channel. And as you and I have discussed before, I didn't go real far with that because it was a hell of a lot of work that I didn't have time for. 
Um, but people had been reaching out for about a year going, Hey, do you have any merch? Do you have this? Do you have that? And I thought, well, I don't know. At some point with 104 degree fever, it sounded like a good idea. So I tried it and it worked. It worked really well. And I've had a hell of a year. That's awesome. Yeah. There were some growing pains. You know, I downloaded, um, um, Adobe Illustrator, uh, right at the end of the year, right before New Year's. And I remember sitting around on New Year's Eve last year, still plugging away and trying to figure it out and watching YouTube videos and teaching myself illustrations and, you know, things like that. And then, then, then comes the ins and outs of the clothing business. You know, how do you, how do you stock and, 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 and how do you figure out, you know, what you need to stock and how much of it you need to stock and, and things of that nature. I mean, there is so much more that goes into it. So for a lot of these guys that I've followed for a long time that have built insanely successful brands, I mean, I have so much respect for them, you know, cause I did try to do uh, print on demand at launch. I had about 10 or 12 designs ready to go and uh, put that online, went through a print to order company, which seemed like a great idea, right? You don't hold any inventory. You don't stock anything. People order, it gets made, gets sent right to them and you make a little bit of money. What could go wrong? The answer was everything. See, and I thought about going that same way because I had people sending me a message like when I, you know, came up with my little logo, my design for the V Twin Life. You know, yeah. I was want to do a couple t-shirts and you know, kind of dibble dabble into that market a little bit. But a lot of people said, Hey, you should go with, you know, I'm not I don't want to name companies because I'm not trying to put anybody down, but they recommended a few. And the thing that I didn't like about that fact for myself was you don't get to get your hands on that product. And mm. I don't want people spending money for something that might be a really shitty quality t-shirt or, or a hat or whatever they're buying. And I, I wasn't comfortable with that because I want to know what, you know, if basically it's my company, my logo, my product, I want to know that those people are getting something that's decent quality. And I'm, I'm learning as I go. I mean, I haven't, you know, I've sold maybe 15, 20 t-shirts and, you know, I'm starting very small. I mean, I haven't even marketed them yet. I said, you know, guys that have been on the podcast or guys that have followed me for a while and, you know, they've all bought t-shirts and I have a friend that has a, you know, a small business doing it and he does great work. His product, you know, is the stuff he gets in is good quality t-shirts and sweatshirts. And, but yeah, it's learning, you know, how much it's a big learning curve. I mean, I'm trying to figure that out now. It's, you know, how do I want to try to market this to, uh, to try to sell it? I mean, and see how it goes. And, I totally understand where you're coming from in that because it is a big, huge uh, learning curve and I've never done anything like this and I'm, you know, learning as I go and, you know, speaking with you and, you know, trying to get advice and, and other guys and, you know, it's an adventure and I guess like anything else, you kind of, you live and learn. Sure. And and I think that's the one part where you were, you know, you, you were even a little more prepared than maybe I was because I didn't know who to reach out to. You know, I mean, I guess, I guess I was, maybe I was hesitant to reach out to some of the bigger guys. Um, you know, so I, I went through, well, like you said, a company we won't name, although I almost feel like they deserve it, but I won't do it. Um, <laughs> they are, they are probably the largest online print to order website. Um, and what was great, crazy is um, there was so much hype surrounding this, which was obviously very flattering. You know, at launch, I think I launched in February last year. So I had this this crazy dream about doing this and taught myself from scratch, launched with uh, 12 designs. And, and I was basically, I was 45 days from crazy idea 
to launch in 45 days. I mean, I, I kicked my own ass up and down the wall uh, last January. Just I, once I latched onto this idea, I said, I'm going to do this and I'm, I'm going to make it happen. And I gave myself 45 days to do it. Uh, and I did it. And there was so much hype surrounding it. We did $5,000 in the first two days in Damn. online sales, which was crazy, right? I mean, I was blown away. You know, and I'm, I'm on the website and I'm watching it come in and I'm like, wait, wait, y'all are taking how much? What am I getting? Oh, you know, <laughs> then you start with that. Oh, hell no. Like I, I barely saw any of that money. Um, you know, they take a large cut, but then you go to yourself, okay, well, I don't have any overhead. I don't have any of that. Um, and then people started getting their product and they were hyped about it. They were like, hey, maybe these shirts aren't quite as, you know, the designs look good, but maybe the shirt isn't quite as nice. Uh, and I went with a company that, that, you know, they were doing the best style print on demand that was available. But what a lot of guys don't realize that print on demand, think of it as just like a giant inkjet printer from your home office. And they're just running the t-shirt through it and they're, they're printing on it, you know, so it's not silk screen. You don't have that heavy bond that you get from that silk screen and that heat press, you know, uh, the heat after. So uh, obviously that's what I do now. But what the kicker for me was I got my order and I, I placed my order uh, the day I launched the website and I'm, I'm, I probably ordered, you know, four or $500 worth of stuff. Cause obviously I got to cut back. So it was like, you're advancing yourself money, whatever. And then my order got delayed. So I had clients all over the country getting their stuff and my order finally showed up and I opened it and I have never, ever in my life been so disappointed. So all the designs were like a third of the size that I thought they'd be. Some of them were like on the shoulder. They weren't centered on the back of the shirt. Um, the ones that were centered, you know, I'm a big guy. I mean, I was wearing, you know, two X's, the design looked like it should be on a kid small. So of course I, you know, I call the company and I'm like, Hey, what's going on? This doesn't look anything like the proof that I sent over, uh, nothing like what I approved. And they're like, Oh, well, you know, it all depends on the size of the slide and we don't, we can't make those adjustments. I'm like, you're digitally printing them. I sent you a digital format. It's a vector graphic. That's the root reason why you use that type of design. You should easily be able to upscale that based on it. And they're like, no, that's just not what we do. Everything's the same print size. So I think it's great for people who are maybe running like a small Etsy, very simple design or lettering or something like that. But for somebody like you or I that's trying to do more complex, more graphic T-style things, it's impossible to survive with print on demand. You just can't do it. Yeah, and it's like, you know, the what you had happened to you. And that, that was my fear of it. And I'll bet we're talking about the same company because I almost went with them. And I mean, I had designed a bunch of stuff, some shirts and then, you know, kid shirts and some other accessories and whatnot. And dude, the <laughs> website was pissing me off so bad. Finally, I just said, you know, piss on this. And yeah, you know, when I, when I came upon, you know, figured out the design and wanted my logo with, you know, with the nautical compass, I love it design because, you know, I figured, hey, you know, that's a great deal with, you know, for motorcycling, you know, pick a direction, north, east, south, west. And, you know, then I got basically what it is. It's a silhouette of me that a picture my son took when I was crossing through Oregon. Kind of had that silhouette in the middle. And I had a, a good friend, Brianna Madden, who lives here by me. And she does some graphic stuff and photography work. She's like, hey, I could, I can really do that for you, I think. And, you know, she gave me a killer deal. And, shoot, I think she did my design in like 30 minutes. She goes, hey, what do you think of this? And then, you know, I had to make a few tweaks. I was like, hey, this is awesome. And, you know, called a buddy of mine, Pat, said, hey, Pat, can we do some shirts? I said, I'd like to get a couple. And little did I know he'd actually been following along on my on the podcast. I mean, 
he's not into motorcycles, but you know, me posting stuff on my social media pages and, you know, starting the Facebook page for it. I would share, you know, the V twin stuff on my personal page. And he's like, dude, this is so awesome. So when I, I just wanted a couple t-shirts for me and my wife and her kids, the guy came down like a dozen t-shirts, sweatshirts. He made me a beer mug, a freaking COVID face mask. And he's like, Hey, here you go, man. I think this is just so awesome. He goes, this is here. Just take this stuff. And I'm just so happy to help you out. He goes, I think what you're doing is just totally awesome to see just a, you know, a regular guy that I know trying to do something just to have fun and, and doing it. And he goes, I think, I think it's just awesome. And it's like, Hey dude, sweet. And you know, now we've, we've always had a good friendship through baseball and sports. Cause he does all kinds of uh, stuff to help out our local community. I mean, he prints all the ba- basketball jerseys, baseball jerseys for a lot of the travel teams and the baseball teams. And he does a whole lot. And, He's not a guy that's in it to gouge people making a million dollars when he does his stuff. And he does so much for the community. And I was like, Hey Pat, you know, let's do some shirts. I said, you know, you tell me the price and I want to, you know, I'll gladly pay you support, you know, what you got going on and help you out here. And he does great work. The product of, of what he does is killer. And, you know, for me right now, Hey, it works fine. I usually, I order around 10 shirts at a time because I don't have a whole lot to spend and, that way I know, you know, when the first order goes, I know I have money to get some more and, you know, I still have a couple dollars left, but you know, the first batch helps pay for, you know, the second one. And I mean, I'm not in it to make a million dollars, but it's cool to see people, you know, get pictures of whatnot, wearing something that, that you did. And it's pretty cool. And doing this podcast has just been amazing for the people and, and, you know, the networking of guys that I've got to meet, like, you know, yourself. I mean, I think it's, it's cool as heck to, see people like yourself and the, you know, some of the other guys, it's like they'd see a post or I would see your post, make a comment. It's like, Hey, is this guy going to get back to me or, you know, will he even see it? And now it's like, you know, he texts back and forth with these guys and the friendship. I, you know, I'm honored and it's so awesome to, to meet everybody through this. And it's just been so much fun. No, I mean, I, I agree. I, and I think it's great what you're doing. I mean, when I got that first message from you, I was like, yeah, like this is awesome, you know, and then I obviously started checking out your stuff and I'm looking at some of the names, you know, some of the guys you'd already done podcasts with. And I'm like, Hey, like, I, I don't even know how I got, I got noticed for this, but it's, it's awesome. And I, obviously it's an honor. So I really appreciate it, you know, cause we obviously follow and kind of run in the, the same circle. And I think that's one of the greatest things obviously is what social media has done um, for our community, you know, and it's, it's definitely opened a lot of doors. I mean, I, I kind of joke, at the same time, I'm always like, oh, I wish I could just walk away from social media, you know, because it does. It's it's consuming. Obviously, it is oh, very time consuming. But then, absolutely, you know, I look at um, all the things that have opened. You know, I uh, all the you know, I mean, even my my newest you know venture. So obviously, I mean, you know, I started Gorilla Gang Apparel Company last year because I started Gorilla Gang Media two years ago, and I was just doing some photo edits and video edits and stuff for guys. And obviously myself, it was just an outlet, you know, for me. Um, and in the beginning, like with the YouTube, just a way for me to talk about my day and what the dealership was like. And, you know, uh, I had big, big goals for that. Obviously, you know, I love used bikes. I love those barn finds and garage finds and going out and, and tracking this stuff down and, and making the deal. You know, that was very exciting for me as a highlight of my career. Uh, and then to look at clothing and what that's become, you know, like I ship internationally now. Um, that's awesome i've got i've got you know people in in sweden and the uk and australia 
um, huge support for Gorilla Gang in uh, in Canada, like overwhelming support in Canada. It's unreal. And when I look at these folks and what they pay for shipping to get my stuff there, I'm like, hell, I don't even know if I'd pay that to wear my stuff. But I really, I appreciate that they do. You know, I had one of the, you know, touching on that international shipping. You know, for me, I had the coolest thing last week. A guy tagged me in an Instagram story. He was listening to my podcast with Connor FXDB as he's driving up to the ski resort. The guy lives in Austria. And just seeing somebody listening to my podcast in Austria and, you know, he tagged me in the, in the Instagram story. It's like, holy crap, this is, this is unreal. You know, a guy in another country and the, listening to it, I, it was just, you know, I got the whole fucking giddy feeling. It's like, holy crap, this is freaking cool. Right. Isn't that crazy though? It's, it's amazing how big your reach can be. And it's really, it's, um, it's really rewarding. I, you know, I think, and I know you probably feel the same way. I mean, we obviously spend a lot of long days and a lot of late nights, you know, trying to meet deadlines and get this stuff out and announce things. And obviously you got to strive to keep it interesting. Um, you know, that's how you keep people engaged. But when you see how far and how big your reach is, it's, it's really impressive. Well, that's, yeah. You look at the analytics and see, you know, I think I've been streamed in like 15 different countries now and, I came into this with no expectations. It's like, Hey, you know, I really enjoy motorcycles. You know, I listen to different podcasts and I think with anything, you know, there's always going to be an episode that well, not just one, but there's always episodes that aren't going to pique your interest. And Hey, I get that. And you know, there's some, it's like, you know what? I enjoy motorcycles. It's a passion. It's like, you know what? I want to try this. And I have, you know, no expectations where it was going to go. It's just like, Hey, you know what? I enjoy motorcycles. I can talk bikes and, Maybe I can meet some people, and I figured, hey, let me give it a shot, and we'll just see what happens where it goes, and it's been awesome. I've The people I've got to meet now, you know, little invites to go places, and it's like, heck, you know, I guess it can't go down because, you know, I, I'm not into it so much for anything. Well, I mean, maybe some of the, you know, product stickers and T-shirts, yeah, I've spent money for that stuff, but in the beginning, it's like, you know what? Anchor is a great platform, and I'm not breaking the bank to do the podcast, and I'm having fun, and to me, you know what? having fun doing it is a win-win. No, exactly. Exactly. I think you're on the right track. And, and like you said, I mean, if, if the apparel and stuff starts to, you know, kind of spin off and, and you never know, I mean, that those two things go hand in hand. Uh, you know, the next thing you know, I mean, you might have the V twin life as a, as a full clothing line, who knows, you know, especially if your exposure is starting to grow that big that quickly. Yeah. And that, you know, and then I just got to figure out the whole, you know, whether I want to try to get a website going soon or, or the marketing side of it, I, I got to figure out how I'm, how to advertise Because you know, right now I'm just kind of, it's word of mouth to get stuff out. I haven't really put much out on the Instagram page or anywhere yet. And I'm working up, working that part. It's just, I just got to figure out how, I mean, this is a, a new adventure for me. I think, you know, there's, there's growing pains with that, but I think you're on the right path for sure. And watching some of the guys like me that made those big mistakes, especially with the apparel and the marketing in the beginning, is only going to help you get sharper with it. And it sounds like you're now where I am, where you found a good local guy. Uh, that was my biggest saving grace is I, I use a company, a local company called Blackout Screen Printing. And my guy, Patrick, over there is absolutely amazing. Um, hey, that's my guy's name, too, Patrick. <laughs> see, there you go. It's, you're, you're already on the right path. He's, he's been great, man. I. I talk to a lot of uh, print companies in the area when I 
when I decided to reboot, because when I shut down from that company that we shall not mention, uh, you know, I already, I had my website hosted through them. That was the beauty of that process is it was one stop shop kind of thing. Yep. So they were hosting my web. So if you were doing that too, we're probably talking about the same company. I think we uh, are. <laughs> yeah. Their, their website runs with uh, bread drop. So yeah. Anyway, horrible experience. And I actually ended up buying back a lot of the, the merchandise that went out. Like I sent all my stuff back and got refunds, but I ended up refunding most of the stuff that I sold out of my own pocket because that company would not do that. And I wasn't happy with what people were getting. So anybody that got like super jacked up merch, I just, I paid it back out of my own pocket. I was like, that's, I put so much work into this. I can't let this company ruin my reputation before I even get started. And then, right. you know, I started calling around the local print shops and, you know, I'm talking to this guy right up the road. I'm like, oh, I found this guy. He's really highly rated. He's five miles down the road. And I call the guy and he goes, man, we're big time. I'm like, look, man, I'm a startup. You know, I need maybe, I don't know, 50 shirts. You know, I got five designs. I need 50 shirts. I don't know. I was just, again, trying to guess, you know, because now I had to start thinking about stockage and storage and labeling and all that stuff. And the guy's like, man, we're big time. We print all the T-shirts for Joe's Crab Shack. Okay, I don't know if that's uh, I don't know if that's big time, but okay. <laughs> what do they order? Well, well, they order like a thousand shirts. I was like, okay, well, I'm not that big time yet. So, you know, I found Patrick, um, and he was really good to work with. You know, he would help me with any proofing, um, anything that I needed. You know, and he, he didn't hit me with crazy quantities, and he really took the time to make sure that I understood the ins and outs of what we needed to do, how to firm up my designs, uh, how to make sure that they were basically ready for print, you know, when they went to, to him, which was great. So to get that tutelage along the way. And then, I mean, you know, I think I spent five figures with him last year. So for him to, to be that kind and that, you know, uh, pass along that knowledge has built a really good relationship for us. And now it's as simple as me just dropping an email, like, Hey bro, here's everything, you know, semi pricing, you know, per item and I'll put an order together. I'll ship, you know, and I'll come pick it up in a week. And so that obviously has really streamlined that process for me. And then I, I built my own website. I got incorporated. I trademarked all my designs. I, I basically went legit in April. Um, so I had that hard crash in March where I pulled everything back, shut it down, took 20 days and made myself a legit business. And I've never felt so good as once I had that business license in my hand, like, okay, I was officially now legit. Yeah. We're going to have to talk uh, off this here. You know, yeah. the next in the next day or well, you know, here soon because I think you know I'd I'd love to pick your brain a little bit because that's kind of the route I want to go and you know having somebody you know like yourself maybe can give me a few pointers and that'd be awesome. Yeah, no worries, no worries. I will happily help you avoid the pitfalls I made. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so I mean that's you know, and that just ties back into kind of motorcycling for me. I mean, if you look at all my advertisements, you know, and the stuff that we do. I mean, we incorporate my road glide into a lot, uh, along with my buddy's bike. So, I mean, you know, creating a brand that was motorcycle centric for me and for you, obviously is what, what more can we ask for? You know, it just gives us another way to talk about motorcycles more throughout the day. Oh, exactly. And, and the more you, you get your stuff out of just advertising. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm hoping to be, you know, at the rallies this year, Maybe I can double dip a little bit, so I'll be there with sounds, and it would be great if I could bring, you know, some some clothing and stuff along. And obviously, I wear that stuff, you know, all the time. So, and I've already run into like a couple local rallies. I've, I've run into some folks here in Maryland 
that were already customers. So it's cool, you know, being at bike week and seeing somebody wear a shirt that you're like, man, I made that shirt. Like I literally designed that shirt and that dude bought it for me and we've never met, but here he is, you know, in front of me. Yeah. That was a really humbling feeling. I was like, that's, that's real. So the gorilla gang and it still keep going pretty good, even though with you and your new scene. I think so. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I ship faster than a lot of these bigger companies because I am obviously, you know, kind of a one man band. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, uh, there may be a little bit of delay here and there. I think my longest road trip this year is going to be uh, probably three weeks, you know, and st- when we go to Sturgis and then I'm going to be back home for five or six days. And then I think I got to be in Panama city after that. So, you know, there may be like a little disclaimer that goes out for Sturgis, like, hey, guys, obviously I'm going to be, you know, on the road for a couple of weeks. Um, any orders that get placed and, you know, maybe we'll do something to compensate buyers at that point. Hey, you know, I'll throw you, maybe I'll run a little sale or something while I'm gone um, to make it worth it for them when they get back. You know, when I get back to ship up those orders and pack them out. Right. Um, Which makes but, sense. I mean, yeah, you know, throw them a bone, basically. But I think, yeah, you know, absolutely. I think most people probably following, following you or, you know, going to understand that. And I mean, I, you yeah. know, I would myself say, you know, I get it completely. Yeah. I mean, all my clients are really like everybody that's bought from me has been so dope. And, and, and I know, you know, I know a lot of these people, um, you know, kind of as network friends, which is great. Um, you know, I've only had one bad experience and it actually just popped up before the holiday. Obviously I was packing orders around the clock you know, trying to get everybody serviced and and get everything done and out. Uh, And I I had a lady send me like a really, really nasty email because she was, she was local. So she was in state. So the only option that showed up when she put her order in was one day, you know, it was one day shipping. And uh, she was not happy that it did not arrive that, that very next day. It was like, her order was packed and shipped in like under eight hours. But everybody, you know, is so used to that Amazon experience, especially if they're not familiar. So I knew it couldn't have been somebody that actually followed me from social media because all my followers are super engaged and everybody kind of knows me. So they know, like, I'm just I'm just a dude running a brand, you know, by myself, basically. So, you know, if it doesn't get shipped the exact same day, people are probably like, oh, well, he has another job, you know. So I was like, all right, well, maybe I'm legit enough that this lady thought she was ordering from some major company, which is, you know, good and bad, I guess. Yeah. But, but I'm like, okay, man, you know, that means one day in transit, once I shipped it, which I dropped it off in less than 24 hours. So it will be to you tomorrow. But uh, yeah, I don't have laser ship. You know, they're not picking up packages uh, around the clock around here. That instant gratification. Hey, speaking of what, you get that package I sent you? Uh, you know, actually, I was running around all day today and I did not get over to the PO box, but I'm headed there tomorrow. Uh, and I'm hoping they're in there because I definitely want to rock my stickers. Yeah, I've got some I got some orders actually that'll be packed up tonight and I'll be dropping those off tomorrow. So that was my goal, but I just didn't make it today. Stupid rain and full time job. <laughs> yeah, no worries. I just, you know, thought I'd check. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think they should be there. I, I got a I think I got a notification that they were put in the box. Nice. So yep. So and then like I said, once the new Gorilla Gang stickers come in, I'll I'll get some sent your way. Um, that was the one thing I really had a hard time on this year. I really wanted to rock some stickers like way earlier in the, in the year. And uh, the sticker market's just really confusing. You know, there's a lot of stuff out there and you like try to read reviews. You're like, I don't really want to drop a thousand dollars on stickers if these aren't going to be legit when they get here, you know, but I'll you lie. really got to order in bulk. Well, when you see the ones I sent you, 
what you think of them. The place I found to make them, I mean, it's super reasonable and they're at good quality. I like what they send. I'll to, yeah, I'll definitely. And they're all die cut out. and everything. So. Oh, I know. I saw that, and that's really what I want to do too. I definitely want to do the Gorilla logo and do it in die cut. Yeah, know, actually, then... I got two different places that can do them because I think I sent you stickers from both. You'll you'll notice one's cut slightly different than the other ones, and those are the new ones that I got from Sets or Pendants. And then I had another place that that I first went through, and they're yeah, they're all nice stickers. Cool, cool. I'll definitely have to check those out because that's that's just such an awesome brand marketing tool that I think people overlook. And I get people all the time. They're like, Hey, you don't sell stickers yet. I'm like, I promise it's on the agenda. I, I promise, you know, it's just <laughs> for me this year, basically, I mean, I worked three jobs all year um, between running gorilla gang and, and, and uh, obviously working for sounds on contract and now full time. It's just, uh, it's crazy trying to, to juggle all of it. Yeah. For me, I've always been a, a sticker guy. I mean, I got, you know, the beer fridge and the man cave covered. I've, you know, now I got the, sticker wall going on my tour pack and you know i got to give a huge shout out to sets or pendants i mean the guy you know sent me for christmas this gift the huge v twin life podcast sign which was amazing i got hung up now and he also sent me a i think a three foot by four foot uh sticker board for putting stickers on that also hangs on the wall and he put my logo right in the middle of the sticker board so i'm gonna start getting stickers put on that and that'll hang in the background for when i do some you know video stuff and the video podcasting and whatnot that I'm going to do for YouTube stuff. And I said that sign he made was freaking amazing. Yeah, no, that looked great. I saw that again posted today and it was just, just phenomenal. So I'm, uh, I'm excited to see what ends up on that sticker board. I think you're going to have a lot of cool stuff on there. Yeah, I'm hoping so. I mean, you know, it'll slowly go and you know, I've always been a sticker dude. So it, it was awesome. Absolutely. Stickers are just fun. Absolutely. I think that's why I used to joke. Like I would buy new dicks and flannels just to get the stickers. <laughs> I, got a, I got a little bit of a flannel addiction, but I think I'm, I'm done. The only way I could cure that was start my own clothing brand. And then I'm like, all right, I can't buy anymore. I like to hit them up when they got their good sales. I think the last dicks and I got, I paid 25 bucks for. Yeah. They're they're They are good quality though. I, I do enjoy them. They are nice. It's just, I mean, I guess, you know, with the quality, it, it's not going to be, I'm not saying they're not cheap, but they're not expensive. I mean, you know, the, they got a good price tag, but they are good quality and they are warm. Mm-hmm. But you're right. If you can get them for 25 instead of 60, it feels a lot better. It does. And of course, the first one, I, I think I clicked the wrong deal. So instead of getting, you know, a regular, I think mine was a, I think I got a 2X, but I accidentally got the tall version. And man, that fucker's long. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, well, shit happens. I got a couple of those really limited release ones. And I remember it's so funny being at the shop, you know, and if you're, you know, when, especially when you're working at a Harley dealer, you know, you got a lot of guys, obviously Dixon does a really good job with their marketing. And it's so funny because I'd be in my office and I'd have my phone, my laptop and my desktop open. And I'm like, just refresh, 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 refresh. And then I snag one and then I go walk through and then there's two guys at the parts counter doing the same thing. I walk in the shop. There's three. There's three techs at their bench doing the same thing. Oh, and I'm like, that's awesome. I'm like, Sorry, fellas, I already got both of mine. They're like, oh, I can't get the size. I don't know. The big boy sizes don't sell out quite as fast. I feel like those guys that are wearing the medium and larges have a little bit more trouble. Yeah, I happened to just get on there one day and they're having like a flash sale. It's like, heck yeah! So I, you know, scored the orange and black ones. Yep. Yeah. I think I got about 27 of them in my closet right now. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. I don't got that many. <laughs> I have a bit of an addiction problem. 
So. I got a grip of Harley shirts. Every time you know go to dealership, you got to stop and get one. Yeah, I'll tell you that was one of the best things for me when I worked for the when I was working at the Harley dealer. Is obviously the the employee discount on their shirts is great. So I think everything I had was was Harley branded, you know. And it, I'm like, man, I, this stuff was so it's so cost effective. You know, I probably had like 25 dealer shirts. I had some Harley jeans, and you know, if Harley made cowboy boots, I probably would buy those too. Well, I would have. <laughs> but uh unfortunately i'm paying full price for all those at the moment yeah so but i'm glad that's why i'm glad my bike's done you know for the most part i mean we got some uh some audio upgrades that are going to be done this season uh and i just scored last night a deal on a uh a new gts radio out of a uh 2020 man so, you, you you know you're full of it the bike's never done yeah i'm I'm real close i'm real <laughs> close i mean other than than rebuilding the motor um, which may happen. I don't know the, the guys from zippers have done such a good job with everything. And, and I'm real fortunate because zippers is basically in my backyard. So, um, working with those guys was really fun. Yeah. I know when I go to upgrade my audio, I'm definitely going to be giving you a call. Absolutely. I got, I got all kinds of total solutions for your bike. Oh, I bet it's on the list, but like I said, I got a few things that are going to come before that, but it, that will come very soon. We can do some cool stuff with the uh, with the older bikes too. I mean, um, you know, with a couple of adapter rings. I mean, I can put five by sevens in your fairing, which you can't do in any other model. They'll only fit in the older Red Cloud fairings. Oh, really? That'd be bitching. Yeah, it's actually something we stumbled onto this year, uh, and man, they are. I mean, they're they're bright. They are super bright. I mean, it's it's a carbon series, uh, and it just kind of has to do with that particular speaker and the depth of it. Um, because it's such a small, you know, no magnet setup and they are clearer and cleaner than anything else you could put in the front of that bike. Um, cause everything else is going to be, you know, your five and a quarter, I think stock. And then obviously yeah. your adapter ring gets you to six and a half. But when we put a five by seven in there, holy shit, it's crazy. And like I said, there's just no other application. You can't do that in my bike. You can't do it in any of the street glide, none of the bat wing fairings, but the guys with the OG road glides, boy, they love it. Damn, I'm definitely gonna have to keep that in mind because yeah, that'd be. I know my dad upgraded the speakers once, but I know to change out the radio, I'm gonna have to get a new, the new outer fairing because right shortly before I got it, my dad clipped a bird and it spidered some of the yeah. fiberglass, and one of the clips broke. So when they put the screw in, they put some JB Weld on the inside so it would hold it together. Oh. And so I found some fairings actually were paint match for on eBay for a killer deal. You know, guys were selling, but I just right now I can't spend that the money i got some other stuff i got to do but it'll come i'll get the fairing and then when i do that that's when i'm going to upgrade the radio for sure when i take it all apart definitely definitely yeah i mean and there's so much room inside that fairing when you open it up you know that the it's it's really it's it's easy to do in those and like i said let me know and we'll we'll put together something nice for you oh yeah that'd be dope yeah five by sevens that'd be sweet that's got to put out some nice sound Oh, it's, it's, it's extreme. It is absolutely extreme. Uh, Cause I mean, like I don't, I don't have speakers in the back. Like I didn't want to put the the speakers in the, in the saddlebag lids. Just, I worry about moisture still getting through them. You know, I like the fact that I know those, those hard bags are sealed for those occasions when you do get caught in the rain. And I just, I don't, plus I have really nice leather lid covers that go on them and mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm not going to go that route. I'm just going to keep the speakers up in the fairing where they, where they are. And that's perfectly fine for me, but I think some, you know, a good head unit and probably those would be 
a lot louder than the stock for sure. For sure. For sure. You can go with something, you know, what we do in a lot of those bikes is the, uh, the Jensen, um, the HDB one B HD one BT. Uh, and that's the perfect setup. It's, it's Marine grade. So, I mean, you do that and some five by sevens, trust me, you will have, you will never have to question what you're listening to at 90 miles an hour. Cause you will hear it clear as day. Uh, oh, perfect. If, if, if you change your mind on the lids, I got a solution for that too. So now, uh, it also, those come with a deal. So you still get your hand controls. Yes. Yeah. Oh, perfect. You get spoiled by those. All of a sudden you get used to that. It's like, you know, I change it. I, I don't want to get, lose those. <laughs> That's what I always joke. You know, when I first bought my road glide, it was so different than the bikes I'd had before. And I had it about two weeks, I guess. I put like maybe 3000 miles on it in the first two weeks. Uh, and, um, I do a lot of night riding, you know, cause it work in dealership long hours, um, come home, jump into dad mode real quick. And then, you know, nine o'clock I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to run out and go for a ride or something. And, uh, you know, I, I'm uh, my, really my pre COVID ride of choice was, uh, West Virginia, you know, where I'm at, I can be in West Virginia about 45, 50 minutes. And I would go out and go out to a place called Harper's Ferry and then on the Shepherdstown's little college town out there. And they had this one really good pub that had like these amazing chicken sandwiches and seasonal beer. So like for me, a Wednesday night was I'm just going to ride 100 miles for a sandwich and a beer, you know, and then I'd ride up and, and ride up into Gettysburg uh, and then back down through Antietam. And I have this little battlefield route that I do. Um, and, you know, it's like 220 miles. So, I mean, I'd head out like nine o'clock, get home about two 30 in the morning and then wake up and do my whole day again the next day. But that's kind of what I had to do to get my mileage in. And, and I loved it, but I could not get used to the Harley hand controls at night. So about two weeks in, I'm like, man, let me get those lighted hand controls from Harley, you know, that come on the CBOs. And I swear to God, they're like, they, the day they came in, I was riding and I'm like, I don't know why I spent this money. Like I'm, I'm now I like, it's just a click. All of a sudden, I knew where they were. The week before, I'm trying to hit the high beam or the horn. I'm hitting that dead dummy <laughs> switch or the info switch. And it's just like, you know, Murphy's Law. As soon as I spent the money, all of a sudden, I didn't need them anymore. Or sometimes you, you space off and instead of hitting the high beam, you slam the horn. Mm-hmm. Yep. But for me, it's like during the daytime because actually here in Washington, it's legal and they actually recommend on motorcycles you have your high beams on during the day. And my – my headlights are so fantastic. I don't think I ever turn them off. <laughs> Even at night, I leave them on. Yeah, I was pretty impressed initially. I guess it's like anything else, Harley. You know, we get it, and then and then we find reasons to hate it. Uh, I think headlights I'm probably going to do this year. But I was really happy with the Daymakers when I first got the bike, and maybe it's just me or I'm, I don't know, my eyes are changing. But I feel like they're not as good at night as they used to be. Um, and I was really, really a big fan of that OEM, you know, Daymaker at first. And now I'm looking at some of the stuff these guys are doing with these Baja, you know, the uh, like the Baja style lights and stuff. You know, Big Bear mm-hmm. Choppers has these kits. I mean, I'm like, this is crazy. This is the stuff that's out there, especially for road glides to put in them, is nuts. I mean, you can triple the stock light output. A lot of people, Amazon has a set. They're like 159, I want to say, or something like that. And people rave about them. That the ones through Amazon are freaking amazing. Those are probably the, the Sun Pie ones or something I think they're called. I've seen a lot of people talk about those. Yeah, I, I can't remember the brand. I know a buddy of mine on his uh, Ultra Limited, he's got a set of LED Daymakers, and they are so freaking bright it is ungodly, especially with the two driving lights also. 
we were coming up Hood Canal, which is a pretty dark area through Washington, up through the kind of the bottom part of Puget Sound. And man, I let him go in front because even with his low beams, man, it was like daylight. Mm-hmm. Then he hit the high beams, like, holy crap. They were impressive. It's like, I got to upgrade. <laughs> I was kind of holding out because I was waiting to see if Harley was going to do uh, adaptive headlighting on one of these models that might retrofit. That's what I'd really like to see is the adaptive headlighting that, you know, when you lean. They uh, lean too. Yeah, I mean, because there's a lot of companies that do it now. You know, BMW has it. Uh, Yamaha's there, had it for a while. There is a company that makes aftermarket ones. I know they do for the uh, street glide and electric glides. I don't know about the road glide because a buddy of mine is, he's got a 17 street glide and he's looking at going to those. But I don't want to say he was saying they were like $700. Yeah. I don't, I don't believe anybody makes it yet because Harley actually makes their own now, but only for the, uh, the eight inch round, like whatever it is, the street glide takes, I think it's eight, eight and a half. Uh, and then there are a couple aftermarket companies, but for whatever reason, it seems like nobody's done it for the road glide yet, which actually yeah. makes less sense because fixed fairing, the adaptive exactly. headlighting as you lean would make way more sense than a batwing fairing that's already starting to turn a little bit. But Yeah. Um, Cause I know my buddy Todd was looking at it for his street glide, but yeah, I don't, I haven't seen it for the road glide, but no, I agree. It wouldn't make more sense since you're going, you know, the batwing fairing that's going to go with the forks as opposed to that frame mounted fairing that doesn't move. Exactly. But Hey, we're not Harley engineers. What do we know? Yeah. We only ride them. So <laughs> exactly. If they, if they listen to us more, we might replace less. Yeah. Or maybe some of them actually spent time riding with the design. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that goes along with any vehicle or anything of engineers. Well, you know, you look at the 2020s. I mean, that's what everybody was complaining about this year is, you know, you're starting to get less features for the same money and everybody's cutting corners and stuff. I mean, I know a lot of the road glide guys complain this year, um, like with the vent, um, you know, the vent switches and stuff being removed. They definitely rubbed a lot of people the wrong way with that. Yeah. I'm just, I'm not sold on the, on the new, on the Milwaukee's yet. I'm, I'm a fan of the twin cams. I like them. And I don't know. I'm just, they're just not me. I don't know. I would, you know, if I was to upgrade the road glide, I think I would like to go to around a 2010, 2012 ish road glide. Mm. I just, I really like that stuff. I love the, you know, they kind of streamline the fairing just a little bit more. And I really like the looks of them. I even thought about swapping out the fairing to one off a 2010 or 2012 onto my 04. That would be cool. Yeah, it probably wouldn't need too much to make a kit work. No, I believe I got to do some more research, but I was told they're pretty much both on. If I could buy an older gen, I would get the, uh, I would definitely go for like the Skunk CBO. I think that was one of my favorite paint schemes. Yeah, the black and white. Oh, I love that color. And I, you know, I always joke, like, you know, I, I say that. I mean, actually, when I bought my bike, I thought about buying the green that Harley had in 17. And I'm like, nope, I'm too indecisive. I just like I I just always joke my driveway is Johnny Cash. It's just black on black everything because I'm just too indecisive. I I would get it and I'd be super hyped, and then six months later I'd wake up and go, I don't like it anymore. I wish it was black. It's just you you can't you can't hate a black bike. It's as long as it's no. clean, it's always gonna look good. It's black, or if I was to paint mine, I think I would go with that charcoal gray or gunmetal gray. That's always been. One of my favorite colors. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. 
I think they went bold on a lot of these new grays. I think they're they're definitely you know they're they're changing things up at least with paint. Yeah, there's some good colors. You know, I'm, of course, you know, like my dad, he's always been that vivid black. I mean, everything of his is vivid black when it comes to those bikes. Sounds like he and I would get along pretty well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> from the first road glide to the second to the third. Remember, we bought his first one at I think his first one was an O2, and he wanted the fuel injection, and at that point. Fuel injection was a, uh, it was like a $2,500 option at the price of the bike. He's like, piss on that. And he bought it late 2002. I think he had it like nine months when the O4s came out and fuel injection was standard. He's like, fuck this bike. He took it in and traded in on the first O4 he found. Isn't that crazy? I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't seem that long ago. And that's, that's the reality. I mean, 2006, 2007 is kind of the year across the board where most motorcycle manufacturers went, you know, fuel injection on everything. I think with Harley 07, everything in newer was all FI, but it's crazy because in cars, you know, that's been such a standard concept for like almost 30 years now. Bikes are yeah. so, so far behind when it comes to technology roll down. Yeah, very true. I mean, should, I mean, even with braking. Oh, hell yeah. Unless you're BMW where they had, you know, ABS way back in the seventies on them. Yeah. I, I mean, I've been riding, almost 20 years now, right about 20 years. And, you know, I've owned, I don't know, 20 some bikes probably. And my road glide is the first bike I've ever had that had the ABS. And I, I never used to really be a proponent of it. I'm like, well, I've been riding this long. I got, you know, 150,000 plus miles and I don't know, I'm, I'm doing all right, I guess, you know, I'm still here. And then I got it and I was like, Whoa, man, this is a different ball game. Because you ride so much those, more confidently. Yeah, and it's one of those things I don't think you realize the difference until you spend a little bit of time, say, on a bike with it. Then you're like, holy crap, this is a difference. But when you're so used to just, you know, the standard braking, you know, your fingers is and your foot is how it is, where you're just, you're accustomed to that style until you get time to adjust to it. And then you're like, holy crap, should have done this a long time ago. Oh, for sure. I mean, it is definitely, I, I like it because of the amount of, solo riding I do, you know, um, like last year I did, uh, I went down near Tennessee all through the backside of Southern, uh, Southwestern Virginia into West Virginia and around. And some of those roads I was riding, you know, I mean, it was, I, I didn't see cars for hours. You know, there was one point where I, I said to myself, I was going to do it this year and I didn't do it. I need to buy a sat phone because I do ride solo a lot, you know, and I started thinking like, uh, I haven't had phone signal for two hours plus, and I haven't seen another living human being for like three hours. So if anything <laughs> was to happen, you know, and you, you get panicked as soon as you start thinking about the what ifs, I'm like, my bike, is my bike sound normal right now? What is that? Is, yeah. it, is it pinging? Right. You start yeah. to panic. But uh, Am I hearing a funny ticking noise? Yeah. You know, you start like I was coming down this corner and I came in a little too hot and I had to get really hard on the front brakes. Um, and the ABS definitely, I mean, it picked up the slack. There's no question. Cause I'd have run right into this hillside and it was my fault. It was a weird, it was like an uphill sweeper to the right. And as soon as you crested, it dropped straight down the other side and then went left again. I don't know who the hell built this road or what they were thinking, but I, I've been on some crazy roads. I'd never encountered one that dropped so quickly and then banked in the opposite direction. I don't know how that was the fastest way down the mountain, but it, I guess it was at the time. And I just thought, man, if I got in a bind back here, I wonder how long I'd be back here, you know? 
So there's definitely, since I've had it, I ride it more aggressively, kind of feeling like I have that onboard uh, help, so to speak. And then obviously the golfers just even accelerate that even more because the stopping confidence that I have now with that brake system is unlike anything I've ever used. Yeah. Or also as opposed, not just the satellite phone, there's also, what is it called? Spot, the spot beacons you can buy. I've uh, heard of that one. Uh, God, I, I think it's spot and you're, you can program, I want to say four numbers into it. You could, it runs off satellite. And so you could say something got hurt. You could send a text, you know, you program in the numbers and it, people can also follow you on, you know, go to the, you know, the link you send them or whatever before you leave and they can follow you on that spot beacon. Oh, that's pretty cool. I'll have to look into that. I know a lot of guys like with uh backpacking and whatnot, or, and some guys that do hunting uh, really follow those. They really like them. Yeah. I'm definitely going to have to look into that. Cause that for me, a lot of times is my goal. You know, it's not even about the distance. Sometimes it's kind of how far, how far outside my, my known zone or my comfort zone can I get, you know, and you probably know this too. It's the more you ride, like in, in my state and the three states around me, it's hard to get lost. You know, I feel like I've learned almost all the good back roads between here and, and where I want to go. So you're always trying to push yourself even further to kind of go out and get lost, which has led me down some very weird, uh, very weird roads. Yeah, the spot uh, satellite GPS messenger. 139 bucks. Wow. I'm going to write that down. Yeah. Someone, there's different kinds you can get. Of course, you know, this is one of their probably lower end ones that you can text and send messages on, but yeah, there's also spot phones and it's another idea as opposed to, you know, a satellite phone. Yeah. I'm definitely going to look at that because I know one of the guys I was talking to last year said with uh, some of the GPS uh, or sat phones rather, uh, you know, there's an annual service and the service might be say 150 bucks or whatever. But they also bundle an insurance policy in that, and it, it includes towing and recovery and stuff. So if you get kind of far enough out where you need it, so I guess I'll just have to look at what has the best package versus cost. But in a lot of cases, I mean, some of those spots that I've ended up in that I'd be worried about, I mean, even if I could call somebody, I'd be like probably eight hours before somebody came to get me. Yeah, th- these things are pretty cool. I know a lot of people that use them, or I mean, not – I know one guy, I think personally, but I mean, a lot of guys I follow when it comes to social media, because I know they're big and, you know, guys do a lot of these crazy, serious backpack hunting trips and whatnot. They all just rave about them. That's cool. One of these days, I'm going to have to get some solution because I shouldn't keep, uh, I shouldn't keep going like several hundred miles out without a plan. Or at least, yeah, you know, trying to at least let people, I know my wife's like that, you know, let, let her know, you know, where I'm going, especially to be a long trip or something. Yeah. 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 I just generally, it's funny. I was laughing when you were talking about a compass, you know, in in reference to your logo and you were like, yeah, it's kind of like rotten. You just east, you know, north, southwest. And that's just me. I just, you know, it's like, okay, do I want to head south and hit the mountains? Do I want to head west and hit the mountains? You know, Maryland's got a pretty, um, pretty diverse terrain, you know, and it starts to get pretty hilly as soon as you get about 50 miles north or south of where I am. And then, you know, if you go, uh, or west rather, but if you go south, you kind of go down to Virginia, you get a lot of farmland, and then you break west again, and you hit the, you know, the southern part of Appalachian Mountains and stuff there. And it's nice. It's just, it's just gorgeous. I mean, there is no shortage out here of mountain roads within 100 miles that you can ride all day. And you See, know, that's an area that I really want to come visit tour sometime. And, and for me, I mean, 
you live in an area that's also, you know, rich in history. And I've, I've always been a big fan of history. And there's a lot of cool places I would love to ride through and areas that would see would just be super cool. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I put some pictures up a couple months ago and uh, I'm not far from Annapolis. And uh, a lot of guys, it's so funny, you know, we, we take the bikes out and shoot a lot of these historical areas, you know, Annapolis and Gettysburg and Antietam and all the stuff. And, and we kind of take it for granted because it's all stuff that we grew up with. But you're right. I mean, it's the history is very rich out here. Well, I know it's like doing that four corners run will be, you know, a cool bucket list trip someday, but I know an East coast trip, you know, getting my dad. And that's one thing that's high on my, on my list in the next year or two as a cross country trip with my dad would on the bikes and, you know, definitely getting that area beat, you know, giving you a shout and, you know, getting a tour, but I do want to get that area sooner than later. For sure, man. I'm, I'm happy to tour guide any day of the week. Well, shoot, man, this has been a freaking good time absolutely i've had a blast i've had an absolute blast and again i'm i'm really honored that you even thought of me to to have me on so i, I can't say you know say thank you enough for that i think it's been a really cool opportunity for me oh hey man thank you for you know taking time out of your day especially with you know your whole new career and and you know giving a well shoot i think we're almost an hour and a half you know of uh, shooting the breeze and you know taking time out of your day too man i, I greatly appreciate it. it's been a lot of fun and you know, it's been a lot of fun messaging back and forth and touching base and, and talking with you and everything. Absolutely, brother. Uh, I, the honor is all mine. I really do appreciate it. Yeah. So, hey, guys, don't forget, man, you can follow him at gorilla underscore gang underscore media. Also, check out some of that Beggar Sounds audio and, you know, you need to get some stuff. Hook up with him. Absolutely. I'm, I'm always available. Right on. Hey, thanks, guys. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Don't forget you can follow along on the V-Twin Life underscore podcast on Instagram, the V-Twin Life on Facebook. And, uh, hey, if you want to shoot the breeze, be a, be on the show, shoot me a message. You can also send me an email, the V-Twin Life at gmail.com. Hey, Gorilla, thank you for coming on. It's been an honor and a, a good time, man. Thanks, brother. I really appreciate it. Right on. Hey, all you guys ride safe, have fun, and 